You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, into hour two on a Friday. Logan Gordon along with you in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Snowy Calgary, Alberta. Hope you're enjoying your Friday. One more day without Flames hockey. They're back at it Saturday. Mika Kiprasov, Jersey Retirement Night. We'll have all the coverage here on Sportsnet 960. Ceremony starts at 620. We'll have Steinberg on the air at 6, take you through all of the festivities as number 34 takes its rightful place with Flames Legends and the rafters of the Scotiabank Saddledome. We're going to take you live to the Ed Whalen Media Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Mika Kiprasov addresses the media for the first time since being back in Calgary ahead of his jersey retirement at the Saddledome. I try not to cry, but who is he? Do you feel a little more comfortable in front of the media right now than you did back in the day? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, now we have to do it. Iki, Iki and Kani, they are somewhere gone now, walking there, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's good to see you all, for sure. Do you have the speech done? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. Is it longer than your Finnish Hockey Hall of Fame speech? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a little longer for sure, but I did bring noodles here for, for the funny and long one. <laughs> yeah, there must be so many memories in this building. What is it like walking in here? Yeah, it's great to be back. You know, it's uh, seeing people still, same people working in the building and uh, see the players and uh, yeah, it brings back the memories and uh, fun to be back here. What's the what's the biggest memory that stands out for you in your time here? It's a hard question, you know. It's uh, we can always say like '04 run and everything, but uh, I have so many good memories, you know. It's uh, it's kind of hard to pick one, but uh, yeah, many many good memories for sure. Okay, on that old cup run, within that run, what do you what what was your what do you look back on? Oh, sorry. In that Stanley Cup run, what 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 fond memories do you look back on? Well, you know, I, I did get traded like that year here and, uh, you know, it was a great team. I noticed right away, you know, it's it was uh, rumors full of great guys, not just great players. And, uh, you know, for me, it was like second chance there and, uh, you know, uh, things start really, uh, uh, started going well. And uh, so for me, whole year was unbelievable and, of course, whole run too. So it's uh, it was unbelievable. How would you describe your performances from that run just looking back at some of the games that you played the numbers that you posted you, you were in a zone how would you describe that feeling yeah you know it's a it's playoff run so uh i had some some games i played unreal and helped team and then it was other other ways too you know it, our team played unreal defense like whole year too and they really made me look good too so uh, it, it worked both both ways i never got a chance to, you, know, you you left and we never saw you again and was wondering why you didn't want to extend your career to go to Toronto at the end? Did you just feel like your career had run its course? Yeah, it was it was a tough year, and at that moment when I kind of have to decide what to do, and uh, I figured like if you if my head is not 100% there, it's it's not worth it. You know, it's it's not right for anybody to go like half. So uh, I felt uh, that was it, and I was done. Regret it once you retired. You were happy with the decision you made. Yeah, I was. Yeah, of course, it's uh, always tough when you're when you're done. Yeah, and it takes some time to 
time to uh, get back, you know, uh, life without hockey. But yeah, uh, I'm happy with my decision. Coming back to Calgary. Coming back to Calgary. I'm sure you bumped into some fans or walked to certain familiar places for you back in your time. Did you have any interactions? And if so, what were they like with fans, with people at restaurants, etc.? Uh, they're all good. Like uh, that's why I liked Calgary always. You know, even when I played here, it's there's a lot of fans, but people are respectful. You know, they they say hi or congrats, and uh, that's that's how it's been. You know, it's a uh, lot of lot of people walking by and they're just happy for me. And uh, yeah, what's it like seeing some of your teammates here? And, and uh, you know, we had the luncheon today and stuff. Great stories. And, and what's it been like for you? You know, them. Oh, it's great. We we met last night first time and uh, went for dinner and uh, yeah, it's so great to see them. Like I always think, like I should come back more often because it's always good times and great to see the boys and you know uh, I I think I I'm gonna come back next time uh, a little faster than five years. Yeah. <laughs> How many of the stories that were told today are true? <laughs> well, you know, it's always stories. There's some truth in there, at least. But, uh, but uh, you know, stories change and they grow and everything. But, yeah, good stories for sure. How often do you reflect on, on that 4 run, Mika? How often do you think about it these days? Uh, not too often. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, hard to say. Of course, you see highlights and uh, stuff that if, if you watch hockey game or when I watch playoff series now, like NHL playoffs, then then sometimes you comes back to back to my mind. What's it like to see so many of your old friends working for the for the club now? Oh, it's great. It's uh, it's funny actually. You know, Connie, he's uh, he's a smart hockey guy, and uh, and Iggy is a great great guy with him. Where I I love to go and listen to their conversations for sure. Have you been tempted to Have you been tempted to look into a job in hockey? Are you happy with what you're doing now? I'm happy right now what I'm doing. Like I enjoy time home with my kids, and uh, you know, if I don't want to do job like 50%, then I know if I take job from hockey, it's gonna take lots of time to be good at what you're doing. So right now, I'm enjoying my time with family. And do you look at uh, your relationship with the media? Did you not like doing it? Were you shy about doing it? How would you characterize it? Yeah. I, I didn't enjoy that. I, I think we had better players to do it, and uh, but I, I, I knew it. Like it's media, a big part of the uh, game, and uh, I think uh, media always treated me like respectfully. I, I did never had anything against media, but uh, I think it was other players who gave better stories for you guys. And we always wondered every year after the exit interviews. We have all the exits covered with photographers, and you'd still find a way to sneak out of the building. Can you, can you reveal how you did it? I can't. I was talking with Depot, and he said, you can't tell it. He might have to use it some other time. Yeah. Sorry. Can you, 20 years ago, a little more than 20 years ago, when you were traded here, how, how do you remember that day now? Well, you know, I was in San Jose, and... Uh, I knew I was going to get traded. Like it's that was the, their plan. I went to training camp, and uh, for me it took a little longer. I was waiting. Like I was just training hard because I knew like if they traded, if they, I going to get other chance, and I have to be ready. Like I, I have to. And so 
came here, it was, uh, you know, I was excited. Like I, I talked with the Daryl, and he's like, "You're gonna get if you play well, you're gonna get games. Like it's, so you better be ready." And uh, for me, it was unreal, new chance and uh, work out well. In the playoff run, I mean, the city embraced this team and that that group of players so intensely. And I was across the country, and I remember thinking it looked crazy. What was it like being in sort of right in the middle of that and just seeing a city go crazy for for what was happening? Yeah, it was it was fun. Of course, we we couldn't join that much. We had we had job to do there. But uh, like I say, it's uh, great fans. You know, they are supporting us and uh, they know how to have fun too. And uh, yeah, it was unreal though. Uh, whole city was so great for us. How did it feel being? I was talking to Robin Regeer, and he told me a story about you wearing a wetsuit for the practice the day before the outdoor game to stay warm. Did you wear a wetsuit under your goalie equipment? I did. I tried it, and uh, it was good. I I didn't wear it in the game, but I used it next summer for water skiing. So it was it was good, though. Yeah, yeah. How did it feel being so close to the Stanley Cup? We know you had the opportunity to win in Game Six, and then there was a Game Seven to play. How did it feel being in those moments? Oh, it's a tough moment, you know. You're a player, and uh, that's what you want. And uh, still, still hurts a little bit, you know. I'm I'm proud for that run, but uh, it's. Uh, uh, that's one memory. It's still good memory, but it's hurting a little bit for sure. Do you remember anything about in, in Game Six where it looked as if Marty Jelena might have scored a goal? But yeah, yeah, I know. I I should say it was in because it was in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I uh, I I haven't watched those games since. Like I, I never never watched any of those final games. All your former teammates talk about you never <laughs> wanted to be the guy in the spotlight. You wanted it to be all about the team. How? How are you handling this weekend? That's all about you as an individual. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird for me. Of course, it's uh, I uh, like giving speeches or talking with you today. I I never felt that comfortable. But uh, it's again, it's part of the thing, and it's you know, it's so great week, and it's been so fun so far. So uh, I, I'll do it, and uh, actually. Today upstairs we we were talking up and it it wasn't that bad actually it was fun yeah <laughs> oh yeah big time good to see you back Randy yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know that you were born in the year of the dragon oh yeah I did actually happens to be this year oh is it yeah I know that your full circle uh, I mean uh, 20 years ago or now we look at a lot more diverse Calgary city a lot more kids from different parts of the world. Any piece of advice for kids to or parents to kind of grow the game locally, especially you get more, you know, BIPOC players, young kids getting involved in hockey in the future? So tip for the parents, what to do with the kids. Oh, yeah, just let kids enjoy. Don't push them hard. Let them love the game. That's it. Guys don't play as much as you used to play. I think UC Saros played 67 games uh, a few years ago. That's the most recently. Like, you played 76 back-to-back all the time. Could you still, A, could you still play 76 if you were in the league right now? And uh, if you know, what was the secret to being able to play that much? Yeah, I, I probably couldn't play that much. And, uh, you know, I like to play a lot, but it's... Uh, uh, but we had plans those seasons. We had plans me to play less. But uh, you know, when team is fighting for the playoffs, but you need the wins, and uh, so it's pretty easy to change those two. And you know, uh, 
So uh, we planned, I play a little less, but uh, end up playing 70, whatever it was. And uh, So I enjoyed it, but uh, I think ideal would be a little less. How did you like seeing your picture on a can of beer? Oh, that's a big honor, for sure, yeah. No, uh, yeah, it's cool, actually. I saw it, and I think it looks good, yeah. Do you watch a lot of hockey these days, Mika, or? Uh, you know, usually when I wake up, I check out the scores, energy scores, and uh, maybe see the highlights. And if there is some uh, big game, then I, I watch it. But I follow, but I, I'm not every day watching every game I can find. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of fans out there who are going to have fond memories of you playing. Down the road, they're going to see a number 34 years and years ahead. They may have not known you, but they'll see that 34 up there in the rafters. Is there a message that you want to convey in terms of who you were and who you are as a person that you want to leave as a, last, or as a lasting legacy? Tough one. Yeah, I don't know, but to answer that, it's... Uh... You know, I, who I am, I think I'm, I'm a team guy. So me, it's like even it's my jersey going up there. I think it's our team's time. It's not just my moment tomorrow. It's uh, for the guys who I played with and, uh, you know, helped me out a lot. So I guess team guy, that's who I want to be remembered. David Marcou told me a story that uh, your first year here when you got injured, uh, I think uh, someone fell on you in Minnesota. You ended up being able to skate, so you just learn how to stick handle better. It, again, is that story true? And what was the motivation behind sort of staying on the ice and learning that that part of the game? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I remember when I get hurt and usually you can, if you can't skate, you always can work something. And uh, park handling wasn't my best thing when I came here, but I I think I improved a lot. I, you know, I work, I work with the Ds pretty much every day, every practice and we, we did simple things. Like I, I, I wasn't goalie who gonna score, but uh, you know, help help the D's play, uh, make their their game easier, and uh, just make simple moves. So that's what I work a lot. Is there is there a goalie right now in today's NHL, Mika, that reminds you of yourself? Or? Oh, goalie. Yeah. I know. I met those Flames goalies a couple of days ago, and uh, I was watching up like they are huge, <laughs> huge guys. I I felt like uh, game is changed and. Uh, so I don't know, maybe some some younger, uh, smaller goalies, but yeah, to, nowadays they are big and fast and flexible, so it's uh, fun to watch them. You know, Markstrom talked about how he kind of looked up to you when he was a kid. That's a kid from Sweden looking up to a Finnish goaltender. Could you have ever imagined that? Oh, that sounds great, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I played in Sweden three years in my life. I was there and uh, enjoyed every moment, so. I have not, nothing against Swedes. I was curious, because uh, I know, obviously, you may have not necessarily been on the same team, but perhaps crossed paths, because Mike Vernon has his name up there. He was briefly with the San Jose Sharks, and I believe you were with the AHL affiliate. Did you ever cross paths maybe during camp? And oh, we did. What, and what were some of the messages he said to you? Actually, it was funny. Uh, he's, uh, I remember when I went to Sharks camp, and I didn't know too much about like who's Sharks players. I knew Mike Vernon gonna be there, and uh, so I tried to watch him. We we didn't skate same group, I think once, but uh, I was watching. What what is he doing? Like why is why is he so good? But uh, one thing he said to me we very stretching after one practice, and uh, he told me there. And my first training was it's keeper. 
I know you want my job, but I'm gonna take Kooli good job. <laughs> and Kooli, he didn't like that Kooli good was, didn't like that joke for sure. Yeah. You mentioned the size of goalies today. If you were still able to play, say you're at your peak, you're able to play in this era, how would you adjust to playing in this era where so many other goalies are, are a lot bigger and are able to cover the net? Yeah, I, I think you can still play. Like, I know it's a lot of big goalies, but like, it's still the same job to stop the buck, and it's, it's simple. So I, I think if you are smaller, you just have to move a little more and uh, make sure you are like uh, moving quicker than those big boys. But, but, but for sure, there's big goalies there. Going back to you, you mentioned uh, the plan wasn't for you to play as much as you did, but you did. What, what enabled you to play that much and be effective? You know, it's uh, when you play a lot. For me, it was like it's just like hard, like manage, like because you want to practice too to stay in top of your game, and then you need to rest. So it was always kind of balancing there. But uh, I did get routine what to do, like what is good for my body and my head to do it, and uh, it was just a routine. When you let in a goal, you were famous for. Flipping up your mask, having a sip of water, and it looked like nothing had bothered you at all. Did it drive you crazy when they scored on you, or were you really not bothered by it? Uh, I wasn't that bothered. You know, you know how many goals I let in in my car. Like it's, it wasn't like one, so uh, you get used to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes, of course, you know, if you, if I let in really easy one. That's that was tough, but most of the time, you know, like you just have to stop the next one, and uh, you know, you can't say change it anymore. So, yeah. How did you learn that? I mean, most guys it drives them nuts. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just part of me, who I am, and uh, I, I think that helped me a lot. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mika. Thank you, Mika. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Welcome back. There you go, live from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Great to hear from the legend Mika Kiprasov, his first uh, media availability since returning to the city of Calgary and uh, lots of great memories there with the Calgary media going back from his time in 0304. Um, love the question about him um, escaping, you know, exit meetings every year without talking to the media. Wasn't going to give up that secret. Um, and I think that, was, that press conference was just a, a pretty great reminder if you'd forgotten, you know, Miki Kiprasov is built so differently than some of the, the hockey players that I think we so often associate with the game today that, you know, they just they live, breathe hockey every second. And Miki just wasn't that guy. It didn't make him any less of a hockey player. He just, you know, at the end of the day, it was... He wanted to win and he wanted to be a great player, but he didn't need to watch hockey 24-7 or he didn't need to, you know, change who he was to be successful. And it's what made him such a unique character. It's what makes him a unique character now. Listening to him talk to the media uh, was one of the most exciting things this weekend because we didn't really know a lot about Mika during his time here because he wasn't um, maybe as outgoing as some of his teammates and, um, you know, I loved the fact that he talked about he he never wants to fifty percent anything, right? He wants his heart to be in whatever he's doing, and that's why 
you know, with his kids playing hockey or his, you know, family life. He's like, oh, I, I wouldn't want to be in hockey. I wouldn't want to be doing what Craig or Jerome are doing now because I want to be 100% in. And that's how he ended his career. He probably had at least a couple of seasons left in the NHL by the time it was all said and done. But he just didn't feel committed to it anymore. Right. And, and he didn't want to be one of those guys that was in it just for the paycheck. If he wasn't going to be in it a hundred percent, if he wasn't going to feel the same sort of thrill that he got from it, that same compete, then he just wasn't going to play anymore. And he didn't. And he got to respect a guy that, that followed through like that. And um, it was great to hear from him. That's probably the most open I've ever heard. Mika Kiprasov having fun with the media, you know, remembering some of his teammates, remembering some of the, the media members that have covered this team for a very long time and sharing some memories with them. Really just outstanding to hear from Mika Kiprasov and uh, excited to hear that speech that he's got planned for Saturday when the Flames retire his number 34. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Check in once more in the Flames locker room with Mackenzie Weger. Uh, he spoke to the media following practice on Friday and also checking with the Calgary Canucks head coach Brad Moran. Uh, two games against Olds for the Calgary Canucks before they wrap up their regular season and head to the playoffs. So we'll check in on uh, the AJHL's Calgary Canucks when we return here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Finishing up the week here on Sportsnet today, Logan Gordon, Shanvergy, Cam Hughes along with you. Just finished hearing from the GOAT, Mika Kiprasov, his media availability before his jersey retirement ceremony Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. If you missed any of it, it's going to be up on the podcast very shortly. Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcaster. Some great memories with number 34. Looking forward to his speech on Saturday. Again, 6.20, the ceremony begins. 5.30, doors open at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Get there early for what should be a fantastic ceremony. The Flames do such a great job with these kind of things. Excited to hear from Mika. Some of his teammates in town for this. And uh, to see 34 go up to the rafters before the Flames take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Here from Mackenzie Weger coming up in just moments. We'll also check in with the Calgary Canucks. Brad Moran, the head coach of the Canucks, going to join us in a little bit. Back-to-back series with Olds to finish things off on the regular season for the Calgary Canucks before they head to the playoffs. So excited to check in with Brad Moran. Um... But before we do that, I wanted to tell you, we had a pretty special Friday here at Sportsnet 960. Food a big thing in this room between uh, me and my producers. Anything that we can what do you mean by that? get our hands on, we will demolish. You know what I mean. Yes. I know you what know you what mean. I mean. <laughs> uh, and if you checked out our social medias earlier today, you would see that, uh, not that we needed it, but our good friends at Cobb's. Uh, specifically the car, uh, the Marta Loop location, uh, absolutely hooking us up this afternoon. Have to say a big thank you uh, to the Cobb's Marta Loop location. We got just a laundry list of delicious, like it's still warm, baked goods, all sorts of hot cross buns, uh, just to let you know about their uh, outstanding uh, promotion coming up uh, on March 2nd. That's tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, they're doing donation day. Get it? Shan, do, do. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. All right. 
pretty clever. Actually pretty took me a second. Clever. That is good. Uh, donation day. $2 from every six-pack of hot cross buns sold. They're going to donate to a local charity in our community. They're targeting a donation of over $500,000 to over 100 charities across Canada. They got hot cross buns in three different flavors, traditional fruit, apple cinnamon, cranberry orange. They bake fresh in-house all day, every day. And when their doors close, their leftover baked goods are donated to local charities and food banks. And the next morning, they start fresh. And this morning, they started fresh. Yes. And uh, delivered a ridiculous amount uh, of hot crust buns to us. Uh, Shan, you've been in them. I've been in them. Cam. Yeah. You've been in them. Do you have a favorite hot cross bun that you dove into this afternoon? I, I do love me some apple cinnamon. You can't go I really wrong. No, you can't. And, and listen, I'm not saying this just for the sake of saying this. Like, Cobb's bread got me through, like, middle school and high school. I'm not kidding. And seeing, uh, uh, like, essentially 30 pounds of Cobb's bread when I walked in the studio today, fantastic day. This is this is the Friday of all Fridays. Cam, I've never had cranberry orange before. Oh, my goodness. Were you missing so out? Good. It's so good. Should like, we do an still, ASMR? Still, like, steam, there's still, like, steam not. on the bags. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually ridiculous how fresh uh, these were. So just wanted to take a second to give a quick shout-out to our friends uh, at Cobb's Bread, specifically the Marta Loop location this afternoon for taking care of us here at Sportsnet 960. Uh, again, donation day, March 2nd. $2 from every six-pack of hot cross buns sold. Uh, Going to be donated to a local charity in our community, targeting over $500,000 in donations to over 100 charities across Canada. And I told you, we were. I was half a second from disaster walking in. I picked <laughs> these up today from Marta Loop, and I had, I had the basket and the two bags that they gave me, and it's slushy as hell outside on the sidewalks, and I gave one of those steps, and I could feel my foot no. slipping. So I did like the half split. Oh. Like half of what Mika Kiprasov would have done. Yeah. And I just, I just saved myself from dumping all of it, all over the road, right in front of our station. I would have cried. I would not have even asked you if you were okay. I would have ripped through <laughs> the bag. Is the bread like, okay? Is it okay? Are the hot cross buns okay? <laughs> Logan, stop yelling. There was one guy staring at me. He was trying to determine whether he was going to help me or not. Like if I or needed help or not. Or just, or yeah, just mock me because that's what <laughs> yeah. I would do. Holding, I'm a bad human being. <laughs> holding but... nine bags of Cubs bread. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going, fatty? <laughs> It's all that for you, Logan? No. It's for my friends. Yeah, I want friends. Yeah, okay. It's all for me. Uh, it was delicious, though. Very. Um, and I didn't ruin the day for once. So Let's go. Uh, it was great. Uh, this text comes in at 960960. It says, Cobbs has the best white sandwich bread. Now I'm hungry. Thanks a lot, guys. Get their, get their pizza buns. Oh, like like top tier. I'll never forget. Scones, I, too? Yeah. Oh. But the, I, I stand that pizza bread, the pizza bun, whatever it is, fire. Really good. Really good. All of it's good. It's like it's walking into a fresh bakery. It's incredible. What could that, go wrong? That is because it's a bakery. It is. Yeah, it would help. It helps. It's a good one. They have great, French, great observation. French baguettes mm. lined up there. Cinnamon buns. Oh, it, I can't even get me started with cinnamon buns. So really good Friday. Uh, thanks to our friends at Cobb's Bread. So if you're out looking for some fresh baked goods, go get yourself some some hot cross buns at Cobb's tomorrow uh, and help them out with 
Donation Day. Uh, speaking of uh, this weekend, busy day. Not only is it Donation Day tomorrow for Cobb's Bread, but the Calgary Canucks are finishing off their regular season at Ken Bracco Arena. They're welcoming in the Olds Grizzlies. The Canucks are off to the playoffs. They've got a great game set at 5 o'clock. Mitch Ballot from the Mitch Ballot Band is going to be there rocking some live tunes. You're going to want to get there. Uh, we've been giving away a four-pack of tickets all week long, every single day here on Sportsnet today, and we will continue to do that uh, coming up in just moments. We're going to chat with the head coach of the Calgary Canucks, Brad Moran, who uh, pretty famous in this city for some uh, pretty outstanding seasons with the Calgary Hitmen. You would notice his number high above the rafters of the Scotiabank Saddledome as well. Uh, if you're interested in winning tickets to go see the Calgary Canucks this weekend, at 960-960 with your first and last name on the text, tell me how many goals Brad Moran had in the uh, season he scored the most goals in, in the, with the Calgary Hitmen. Highest total of goals for Brad Moran when he was with the Calgary Hitmen at 960-960. Played part of five seasons with the Calgary Hitmen. Former captain. He finished his uh, year off at the Hitmen with 120 points in 72 games. But uh, his highest goal total as a member of the Calgary Hitmen, it came in 1998-1999. You have that correct answer. First and last name on the text uh, at 960-960. And you'll be entered in to win a pair of tickets to go see the Calgary Canucks Saturday when they take on Olds. And speaking of Brad Moran, head coach of the Calgary Canucks, joins us right now down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. Coach, thanks for the time as always, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, finally down to the uh, the final two games of your schedule. How does it feel to uh, to finally reach the end of what's been a long regular season? No, it's, uh, it's exciting, I think, because, you know, the, the season get starts to drag on. We're, we're excited to, to finish strong and then uh, get into the playoffs when the real fun begins. How much growth do you see from a group, Brad, from a team that started back in September, now all the way into March. How much growth do you see from these young men as the season goes on? Uh, I think a ton on, on all sides, on, on and off ice. I think the guys the guys grow up and they, they start to understand what, what we're looking for as a coaching staff. I think practice has become a lot easier as, as the guys can kind of get out there. They know the drills. They know what we're working on. and. Uh, interesting when the intensity kind of ramps up because they get a little excited this time of year, so it's been good. Uh, from a team perspective, what have you liked seeing most from your group over the year? Has it been an improved power play? Has it been five-on-five? Five? Where would you see your team grew the most over the course of this season? Well, I, I think, as you said, it's a long year. I think we started off uh, a pretty hot in, in a number of ways, and then it kind of comes down i think our power play declined our special teams in general and they've they've spiked back up but i think uh biggest thing is for guys to understand when when we're moving the puck and moving our feet uh we can be a really good team uh, been a lot of noise uh in the ajhl this year as, as you know as being a head coach and gm how do you feel your group handled hearing all of that the stuff that was going on on the outside and, and how did you really look at your group throughout that time no, I think they handle it really well. I think uh, as a as a teenager, young adult, you know, the, that kind of adversity and that kind of unknown can can create some anxiety for guys. But they they showed up and 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 put in the work every day. We didn't know sometimes when what our next game was, what we were doing, or what was going on with the schedule. And they uh, 
they came prepared, and I, I think uh, it's only going to help them down the road uh, in life and in hockey. Was it a weird time for you as well, Brad, sort of having that that unknown to your season? And, you know, you've got all these guys looking to you for answers, and you've got coaches and parents and, you know, everybody else sort of looking to you at that time too. What was it like for you from a personal perspective? No, it's something different. You know, uh, as, a, as a coach or a manager, you like to plan, you like to have things laid out, and it, it was the unknown. We were replanning, refilling, but then at the same time, guys come in, hey, any news, any news, and it was just, <laughs> oh, we're, we're day by day, and we, we kind of got them to, to focus on that, and it worked for us. So uh, we're glad we came through it, and we know what's going on now. Uh, next up for your group, obviously, you're looking ahead to the postseason, but you got two games against Olds before you get there. Uh, is this a tough time for a coach to try to get your guys focused in on the next two instead of you know looking ahead to the playoffs when you've already got that X beside your name? Uh, I think it can be, but I think we got a lot in the line. I think our our goal is to finish second place in the league, and uh, you know we need to win out to do that and get a little bit of help. So with one point between three teams for for the second second place uh, position I think we got a lot on the line so I'm glad we've got that focus and we want to make sure we're worried about our game uh, the next two games to, to get ready for, for the playoffs uh, Just speaking about your game there Brad as those last two games come down what would you like to, to see your group sort of hammer in on details uh, in these last two games before you get to the postseason what are those areas you guys are going to be focused on? I think you just said it. the details um, just Getting into playoff hockey, everything gets magnified. Doesn't matter the level, so we want to make sure the big one is turnovers. You manage the puck, you manage your turnovers, and and then guys step up at key time. So we want to make sure it's not having to flip a switch in playoffs. Is that we keep doing that now, and I think we can build on our game we had Tuesday night with uh, with a big win, and then continue to do those things. Uh, and last but not least, you finished off the regular season at home. Uh, a great opportunity to be in front of your fans one last time before. Uh, the playoffs just sort of speak to what it's been like to to have that support throughout what's been a, a really up and down year for for guys on and off the ice I guess no it's been great I think we had a number of home games in January I think we got 1200 people out uh, on a Saturday or Sunday and you guys really really notice that when uh, the atmosphere is in the building and you know we've got we like our, our five o'clock Saturday games so if people need a an appetizer or a happy hour to the <laughs> the big event at the saddle dome that night it's a good timing for that uh absolutely it is it's a five o'clock start saturday at ken bracco arena old and the calgary canucks finishing off their regular season coach always appreciate the time thanks for checking in with us best of luck these last two games and as you guys head into the playoffs okay thanks guys anytime take care coach brad moran of the calgary canucks joining us down the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline calgary canucks old grizzlies tonight from the old sportsplex at seven o'clock and then finishing off a home-and-home home Saturday at Ken Bracco Arena. And like Brad says, perfect appetizer before you head over to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for a big night uh, at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome with the Flames and the Penguins. You get a full dose of hockey. Calgary Canucks heading to the playoffs. They've still got a chance at finishing second, as you heard from head coach Brad Moran there. And that would be uh, a really nice end to the season. It's been a complicated one uh, in the AJHL with, uh, you know, Teams moving in and out of the league mid-season, but uh, good on the Calgary Canucks and the rest of the group for finishing it out. Uh, it's going to be great to see them heading back to the playoffs. And if you haven't had a chance to check out the Calgary Canucks at Ken Bracco Arena, highly recommend it. We've got so many different avenues um, to check out not just hockey, but sports in this city. 
Uh, but the Calgary Canucks do such a great job. Saturday, they're going to have live music. Mitch Ballot from the Mitch Ballot Band is going to be there. It's great hockey. Uh, some of the best have made their way through uh, the Max Bell Arena over the years, and uh, these kids are finishing off a really great season. And if you're looking to go support the Calgary Canucks, uh, head to calgarycanucks.ca uh, for ticket details to head to the Ken Bracco Arena Saturday as they take on Olds. And, uh, like Brad Moran said, maybe a perfect little appetizer to what should be a great day Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddle, though. Mika Kiprasov's jersey retirement. Again, if you missed it earlier, we heard from the man himself, Mika Kiprasov's media availability back in Calgary. Uh, thanks for being along for the ride. It was a great show. Lots of Calgary Flames conversation. Uh, post Chris Tanner trade here and for a lot of guys for the first time since that trade went down, including head coach Ryan Huska, Rasmus Anderson, uh, and Jacob Markstrom with some interesting questions about how he feels about uh, his personal situation and the trade rumors flying around. So again, if you missed any of it, the podcast has got you covered uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Real Kipper and Born coming up this afternoon here on Sportsnet 960. Also, of course, Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg, some special guests to help you get set for what should be a tremendous day Saturday at the Scotia Bank Saddle. Enjoy it. Enjoy Kipper Weekend. Have a great Friday. Stay safe out there. Careful out on the roads. Make sure you get to the Dome early. Can't wait to talk about it with you on Monday. You're on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.